The Lord bless you, precious heart dwellers. There has been a tremendous amount of spiritual warfare going on for the past three days. It's really kept us very, very busy. A lot of prayer, a lot of intercession, a lot of warfare, and a lot of learning new things. And I'm going to be sharing that with you in the following messages. But that's the reason for my short absence. We were just overwhelmed, and we had one heck of a front come in here with cold weather, and I was in bed for, for an entire day with fibro, so I wasn't able to get a message out that day. But I'm back and have more to share with you than ever. <laughs> so, let's get started. I had asked him, Lord, would you please tell me what's going on? War, rumor of war, uh, comments, everything else, and I thought, if I miss the boat, <laughs> and so I asked him, Lord, please tell me what's going on. And he answered me, nothing. Plans, but no actions. A lot of talk, a lot of divisive things, but nothing I can't handle. And I thought, well, that's wonderful. That's right in line with what you told me before. This morning I encountered many trials to getting up and going straight into prayer. One thing after another called for my attention, but I continued fighting and returning to prayer. My only issue was that the day started off with the concerns of the world and not the concerns of my God. And I had told you before that he wanted time and attention with me before anything else, and I didn't get up quite early enough to cover that. Anyway, as a result, that roulette wheel of to-dos kept spinning even as I came to worship. Again, more distractions came lumbering through until I could see I was a Martha, not a Mary. (laughs) And I was highly discouraged by my lack of self-control and the ease with which the enemy took my mind off of worship. I knelt before the Lord and repented, asking His forgiveness for going there and I just said, Lord, is there any hope for me? And I tell you guys, I was very frustrated with myself. You see, Ezekiel and I keep getting readings about go sell all you have and then follow me. When we were younger, we would probably do exactly that. But we know that we're in a stable situation now and in a solid ministry, so it was perplexing us about what to do. We couldn't understand what the Lord was saying exactly until he spelled it out clearly for us in that recent message. All these things, household things, were first in my life, and he was last. So each day is a new adventure in making him first. Oh, the challenges that come with that. Mostly, I believe they can be avoided by getting up very early, but even that's been difficult. So when I came to repent before the Lord, I felt so hopeless. And Jesus began, I'm never, ever going to let you go, Claire. He opened his heart like the folds of a garment and beckoned me to come inside. And this is where you belong forever and ever and ever. I will never abandon you. I may convict you even as you have begged with tears for me to do, but leave you out in the cold or forget about you? Never. So put your fears to rest. I will never, ever let go of your love. You are secure here in my heart, forever. 
no matter what. So stop crying and let's move on. He lifted my chin. You are secure here. You are my beloved forever. Never mind that you feel so unworthy. I delight in the impoverished little ones that have so little to offer me. They are my delight. They are so empty, I have no choice but to fill them with myself and lavish on them the graces they so desperately need. And I was thinking, you know, Lord, there's a lot of repentance going on right now and a lot of moves towards repentance. I was thinking that earlier, and he answered that in this next paragraph. And yes, in the body there's a great move of repentance going on. There is such power in repentance. So much grace is released. You lose track of how sinful you really are, my people. You go from day to day not recognizing how you have hurt and offended me. I long to bring this to your awareness now because it will not go well for you in those final moments if you have not come to me daily truly repenting and seeing yourself as you truly are. Humility. I'm working with all my children to acquire true humility. There's so much I can do with a truly humble soul that I cannot do with one who is proud. There are so many tests and strengthening going on right now as I bring a new crop of ministers into their ministry. As I open the doors of my anointing, I must first bring them through trials of humility and meekness. No untried vessel can carry the anointing. And the more intense the anointing, the more intense the humbling must be. And here I want to say that yesterday, when I went to say the binding prayer, there's a short segment that deals with sins, and I was going to skip over them, and decided instead to take a look carefully and see if I was guilty of anything. Did I judge, criticize in my heart or mind, falsely accuse, gossip? cast a slur, steal, cheat, or lie, spend money meant for other things, take something that belonged to another? Did I covet, lust, or listen and see something sinful? Did I respect my spouse or parents? Was I arrogant, proud, or jealous? And did I disobey you, Lord? And I won't even tell you which ones I was guilty of, but suffice it to say, I was guilty of most of them in either thought or deed. So I had to repent for a long time. And this scripture came to mind. I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's in Matthew 5.20. And that's Jesus speaking. The Lord continued, There's nothing like heartfelt and searing repentance that draws me to a soul. More than iron to a magnet, I come rushing to your aid with my forgiveness and mercy. You will never, ever wear out my mercy. As it is written in the scriptures, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God. You will not despise. That's Psalm 51.17. 
I never tire of hearing your confession of sin and weakness, that I may wash you white as snow. Nothing in this world causes a Christian to stand stronger than repentance. Yes, love is the highest of all, but repentance is based on love, the very best kind of love, love of God. Love of brother easily comes next in line once your hearts are right with me. You can never go wrong with daily repentance that is authentic and not superficial. Why? Because today might be your very last, and you'll be well prepared. Remember also to call to mind the offenses of others towards you and forgive them. This is the key to obtaining forgiveness from me. Far too often the very things you accuse your brother of are not valid. Rather, your impatience is the real sin. When the Lord said that, it really struck me. I had to get up to find the right glasses for reading when I was uh, typing his message. I went to look in the back room and ended up petting my animals as they looked up at me. That took a couple of minutes. Then I went in the sunroom to look for them, and it was getting so hot, so I opened the windows. When I came back, I finally discovered that my glasses were here to the left of my computer the entire time. When I sat down to continue the message, my mind drew a blank on what the Lord had last said to me. I was going to write it down, and I said, Now don't forget to write that down after you find your glasses. (laughs) Then the Lord said to me, Why did you get up? To get my glasses, which I see now were here all the time. And now that I've had patience with you, do you think you can have more patience with your brother? Yes, Lord, I see your point. I am very impatient. That comes with being fast, but not everyone is fast. For those who are, I must teach them humility and patience, if they will have it. I see now, Lord, I get very impatient several times a day. He answered me, you do. And that is far worse of a sin than the simple shortcoming of being slow, which many can't help. I get it, Lord, I really do. I know you do, Claire. Just keep it in the forefront of your mind so that you can tame that critical and judgmental spirit, which is your downfall. Really? It's that big? It is. I want you to conquer your pride. This is a good place to begin. Others are not slow, Claire. You are impatient. And I say this to all of you, my brides. More often than not, what you consider slow is normal, and you're just impatient. Patience is such a heavenly virtue. If I did not have patience with you, heaven would just about be empty. (laughs) I know I wouldn't be there. I never say these things to shame you but rather to convict you and encourage you on to greater holiness. And now is the time to repent for your country as well. I still carry the marks of her sins in my body. The sins of this nation are very much like the sins of its citizens. In fact, the whole world is sin-infested, 
and needs your prayers and supplications for repentance. Men make plans for war. I am making plans for peace. I am standing in the gap against those who wish to destroy the whole world, and I'm standing there armed with your prayers and sacrifices and repentance. I need more, my people. I need more. Your resolve is weakening, and the atmosphere is growing darker and darker. In order to hold back the march of destruction, death, and unspeakable horrors, I need more. You were told three years from the summer of 2016 would be another review if prayers and sacrifices were made for the reformation of your country and the world. And you went about your lives with new works to begin, and you're asking yourselves, why so many trials? Why have they been allowed? These are offerings to me to continue to hold back the inevitable. I still need these. That was part of the agreement. Have you forgotten? So now I want you to understand sickness, accidents, loss, strife. All these things you normally suffer are being applied to this account to keep it open for three years. So I'm asking you to give these to me with generosity of heart, not complaining and questioning why things have become so much harder. They are this way because you're carrying the world on your backs. You made an offering of yourself to me, and I'm receiving these with gratitude. But it would be so much easier for you if you could offer them without complaining. When you complain, you invite a spirit of bitterness into your souls. When that takes root, it doesn't take long. It spreads to every area of your life. You need to renounce this bitterness and ask me to remove it from your hearts. Lord, forgive me. I renounce this bitterness. Please remove it from my heart and give us the grace of patience and gratitude. Each day you open more and more doors and it becomes more difficult for you when you could sweeten the waters by merely committing it all to the stability of the world. Let it go. Sanctify your sorrows by offering them for the world. And in doing so, I will lift that ugly attitude from you and offer your sufferings to the Father for conversions. And I'd like to say as an aside here, I want to encourage those of you who have different illnesses that you're dealing with, uh, long-term illness, your sacrifice is very, very, very powerful. Let's say that you put in a week's worth of work on a project for the Lord, or that you did a film, or something, something large, and you worked and worked and did it, and got it done. Well, your sicknesses are just as powerful an offering as a film would be, except your sicknesses are backing up the anointing in those things and bringing those things to the people who really need to see and hear them. So don't grow despondent with your sicknesses. 
that day that I was ill with fibro the whole entire day, I knew that it was an offering for the world. I knew that darkness was gaining on the world and the Lord needed offerings to hold it back. And that makes it so much more bearable. You understand that you're not useless, that this time is not wasted, it's well spent because you're offering it to the Lord. Jesus continued, If you follow these instructions, your life will become much easier and more pleasant because you're putting these trials and inconveniences to work just as surely as if you'd opened a savings account in heaven for the world, not for saving money, but for saving souls. So please, Go forward now, embracing your crosses, knowing that I am allowing them to hold back the powers of darkness, which are almost bursting at the seams, wanting to take over and destroy everything. Be generous with me, my children. Be oh so generous, that I may be oh so merciful to you and the whole world. And that was the end of his message. And I've discovered something in my worship time. The Lord keeps playing this song over and over again. And I think I've got four hours of listening on this uh, worship playlist. And he brings this song up every single day, sometimes even twice. And that song is Who Will Dwell. And it's based on the Psalms and the Proverbs and the Gospels. It's about dwelling in the Lord's tent, who he will allow into that intimate closeness with him to be able to dwell in his very own tent. Who will he allow to come near to him? Who will stand in the midst of storms and never be shaken? This song is powerful, powerful for an examination of conscience. And I'm going to put a note on this video so that it will come up for you. The Lord bless you all, and let's be really, really committed to praying for the nation and repenting for the sins of our nation. This is a dark time, and the Lord needs that repentance.